Now that we know how food messes with our systems, what can we do to actually lose the weight? That's what we'll talk about today. My doctor told me to stop having intimate dinners for four, unless there were three other people. Orson Welles. Today, we're going to continue our conversation by the book by Dr. Ranjan Chatterjee. Feel great, lose weight, long-term simple habits for lasting and sustainable weight loss. Again, this is why I like this author. He always is about small steps, practical advice, and easy ways of getting there. I liked his idea that it's not so much what we eat, although that's part of it. It's about hitting that dopamine trap where we just want more, more, more. It's like addicted gamblers, people addicted to drugs and alcohol. The body just keeps yelling for more, and that's what it wants. He's saying we can control this by getting away from what he calls the blissy foods, the food that goes, hmm, that was amazing, which I know that's why we like eating. But instead, by getting rid of those foods, we'll be able to go back to what he calls a more natural state, that we'll eat meals and we will be full on time because we ate the appropriate amount of food without having our dopamine going in there. Have some more. Have some more. And he believes that a lot of that has to do with highly processed foods, many ingredient meals, things that we couldn't recognize on the back of a box, but also very highly tasty foods. If we can go to a more simple, but still, you know, spices, herbs, those kinds of things, eating plan, we will be able to resist the urge to eat even more. And we will get then control back of our eating, which again, Right now, for me, I'm not losing weight. In fact, I put on a little bit of weight over the holidays. But you know what? I exercise. I go to a gym, a trainer. I lift a lot of weights. I exercise on the days I don't go to the gym. So it's my eating right now that's leading me astray. I'm just eating too much. How can I bring that amount down? Makes me think about how Penn Gillette lost weight. He ate nothing but potatoes until he went from being very overweight to completely appropriately weighted. He's a big guy too. All he ate was potatoes every day. That's one choice, but again, that probably kicked away from that dopamine habit again and made him go back to realistic eating amounts. And so he was able then to lose weight because, I mean, how many potatoes can he honestly eat? I could probably eat a lot, but eventually you just lose that urge. He does say that low carb is better, primarily because low carbs usually means junk food instead of high quality proteins like fish, like eggs, like nuts. Those high protein items fill you up. They reduce your blood sugar. They keep you sustained for a longer period of time. And that's why they also recommend in general to eat protein first. But it's the carbs that we burn through quickly because it's easier to process then our sugar plummets, and then we want more. And we keep going on what they call that uh, sugar roller coaster all the time. Instead, protein will get you away from that roller coaster. So that's one more system that will stop working against us if we start eating a higher quality, more protein. So one of the things I have done right, and it's been very good for me, is when I talked to my doctor the last time, she was saying that I'm having a morning sugar problem. And that if I control it right away in the morning, probably the rest of my day would go better. And she's right. I bought one of these home glucose kits. And I found out that if I eat lean protein first thing in the morning, 
all of a sudden my sugar comes down and the rest of my day is pretty good. If I eat something like oatmeal, something very carby in the morning, the whole day is just kind of wrecked. So I started eating lean chicken in the morning. It's not really a breakfast food, but it's low fat, it's high protein, and it's low carbs. And it kicks off the day correctly. And so I've been moving towards that. And it helped a huge amount in controlling my eating the rest of the day. As not the snacking part, which is the part we're trying to get to, but I was less hungry for snacks. I was less hungry during the rest of the day because I had this high protein first thing in the morning. So I agree with him on that. And some high proteins he recommends, again, are lean meats, fish, eggs, yogurt, Greek yogurt particularly, beans, seeds, those kinds of things. So it's very helpful to get that high protein in right away. And he suggests too that when you're eating meals, you always should eat the protein at the beginning of the meal. But he said that you can start with salad and vegetables first instead. Most vegetables are high fiber. And so make sure you're picking quality vegetables, but that fiber fills you up. And so then you're less hungry during the rest of the day because fiber sticks with you. It is hard to digest. And so the body kind of churns through it through a long time, sending out those signals. You're still full. He says that just even a glass of water before each meal can make us feel more full so that we just don't eat as much once we do have meals. And then the next part he talks about is that we should learn how to cook. A lot of people just don't have any idea how to cook. I watched like those HelloFresh and the various meal programs out there. And I asked like coworkers, why do you do that? Oh, well, because it comes with a little card. It tells you exactly how to do it. And then I realized a lot of people don't know how to cook in general. And so that might be why some of those meal plan things are so great for people because it tells them exactly what to do. But once you start to learn to cook, then you'll find out ways that you can make things. I bought one of those crazy like ninja pressure cooker things. And it's been great because it can cook all sorts of meals very easily without putting any processed foods in it. And I started making oatmeal. I like oatmeal because, again, it's one of those things that you eat when it's cold and chilly out. But here was the thing is I found this recipe that you can basically put lentils inside the oatmeal and you don't really taste it because, again, you are maybe put a little bit of milk in there and you don't taste the lentils. But when I added up the statistics, the amount of fiber and the amount of protein in this bowl of oatmeal shot through the roof. It changed the entire nature of this meal. And that is something I can make in my pressure cooker very easily without any kind of fuss. He says, too, that 50% of our plate should be made up of non-starchy vegetables, broccoli, you know, all the green and purple stuff. That 30% of our plate is going to be with protein. And again, it's going to be those lean proteins. And if you don't think it matters, because there's a lot of diets out there, too, that say it doesn't matter what kind of protein you eat as long as it's protein. When I was going through my little blood sugar experiment, strangely enough, red meat, high saturated fats shot my blood sugar up like crazy. And it was weird because you think, oh, it's just protein. My body and some other people's body like me is a genetic thing, can't process saturated fats very well. And so it just crushed my blood sugar. And so I pretty much gave up on eating red meat most of the time because I saw its effects on it. So when he talks about lean proteins and lean meats, that's why it can have a very strong effect on you if you eat red meat all the time. These high protein diets don't necessarily 
work if you're eating things that are bad for you in general. And then he said that you can have some carbs. 20% of your calories can be from carbs. He says if you're still hungry, a couple hours later, he says think about increasing your protein. Maybe have a high-quality snack like an apple or something like that. What I've gone to is trying to get away from desserts and snacking time is I get those super crunchy pickles. I think Clausen is the brand that comes to my mind, but they're very salty and they're very crunchy. So it almost feels like a snack food when you snack on these pickles. And if I want something sweet, then I go for something like an apple. But here's the thing I found is that you can actually take an apple and microwave it, chop it up and microwave it, or even take applesauce and microwave it. And it's very warm and cozy, almost like apple pie without all of that. There are ways to get into eating simply without making it, I don't know, horrible. You still enjoy your meal. You still enjoy that warmth of the cozy meal, but or the crunchy, salty snack without having all the calories. Then he gives a really interesting recommendation where he said that you want to have dinner for breakfast. And I didn't get that idea from him, but I thought that was exactly what it is that I did is I started eating the chicken for breakfast. And then I started having a medium-sized meal for lunch. And then I eat very little or a very small meal, like you would think a breakfast, at nighttime. And just reversing the order of the food changed the way I was hungry throughout the rest of the day. I mean, what you're trying to do is have a good day and then put a string of good days together. And hey, now you're finally getting somewhere. Small steps. He says another problem is that we eat to solve some of our emotional problems. Maybe we feel lonely. Maybe we feel sad. Maybe we, I don't know, are bored. We're stressed. You know, any of those types of things. And so he says that we have to get away from using food to solve our emotional problems. We should connect with other people. We should maybe even eat with other people. We should have connections, people we can phone call someone that we can go and catch up with, with, maybe at a coffee shop or something like that. Or maybe if we don't have that person right now, is there something that we can do, like join a book club, join a knitting club? I belong to both of those in the past. Volunteer work gets you out and about with other people, but some way that you can go be with people. And then if you are having stress, try to take that away from eating. I know that that's how people deal with eating. But try, maybe he suggests like meditation apps like Calm or Headspace. I have some experience with Headspace and I liked them a lot. You know, journaling, drinking water, he says, because that can really be effective in filling you up a little bit more. But going to a different room or going outside or just getting away from where you are to try to get away from those emotional things. And he says, even worse, if you're drinking alcohol, then that happens too when people feel stressed. It's a lot of empty calories that aren't really doing you any good and in fact might be doing you some ill. So try to get away from this emotional leaning on foods and calories to make you feel better. Then he says we have to address the things that we say to ourselves. You know, if you look in the mirror and you go, I'm fat. Why don't I fit in my clothes? You know, these messages we tell ourselves every day, it matters. And we've talked about that so many times. If you haven't listened to this podcast, go back. But messages that we should put on our mirror, that we should say every day. And it shouldn't be things, and he says it too, I can't, I shouldn't, I, I'm too busy, I'll never get there, I'm terrible at this. Instead, we'll, we can say, I choose not to do this, I'm choosing not to exercise, because that puts you in the driver's seat. 
or I want to do these things, or I want to exercise every day, but I'm not doing it yet. I did a whole podcast on the word yet. That if you put the word yet at the end of these sentences, where you'll say, "Uh, I never cook myself healthy meals yet, because you're going to get there if you keep working at it. And he said that in the end, he feels that obesity is a symptom of, again, our culture and our, our food around us, but also how we're feeling and how we're somewhat medicating ourselves because of the way we feel. So now that's when we're going to talk to ourselves. And then we're going to start this process of going back and looking at how our days went. If we could do this every day, could be journaling. It could just be reflection with a notepad or something like that or an iPad. But did you get a good night's sleep? How was your work day? Were you stressed out or were you calm? When did I eat? Did I snack? What was I really hungry? And what did I eat during my snack? And try to get some analysis in. One of the things I noticed that my biggest downfall was my office when I worked in an office. They had an amazing snack room in there. I used to go in there quite a bit to get a drink. But I realized at some point that if I would stop going into the lunchroom to get a drink and instead fill my water bottle up at the bottle dispenser that was in the hallway and not go into the kitchen, that helped a lot. Because every time I went in for a drink, I walked out with a snack. So just avoiding that or even thinking about if you drive home every day and your favorite fast food restaurant is on your way home, just simply taking a different way home will get that out of sight, out of mind kind of thing, and you won't even see it, and it will become less problematic. And then the next thing is getting more sleep. I had um, insomnia, really bad insomnia problems all the way up to, I don't know, maybe three, four years ago. And the pandemic, I worked very hard on going to bed at the same time, changing my room and my house around so it benefited sleep better, and it works. But the problem is, is that we get sleep deprived. And I can tell you this as someone who had insomnia, all you do is think about snacking and it's a natural body system. Your body feels tired and low energy. And it says, if you just ate something that would pump up the sugar in your system and you'd feel a little bit more energetic. If you don't get sleep, you will start eating more. You will stop exercising as much. You will stop fidgeting during the day or just moving around. He talks about the calories you burn just by living and you will be more sluggish. And then comes the problem of caffeine. Of course, everyone's talking about it. I'm needing to work on this better. But if you stop drinking caffeine after lunch, and he said, just try it for seven days and see if it has an impact. I tried to quit drinking caffeinated stuff entirely. It's not really worked out very well for me. But now I'm trying to say I can have two things of caffeine, but it's the first thing in the morning. I'm not a morning person. That's when I really need to feel pumped up. So what if I could just quit somewhere around 11 o'clock every day and see if that would help my sleeping even more? That's when also we're going to do what he says, quote, brighten your days and darken your nights. And even then at that point, get away from electronics and bright things a couple, like an hour, 90 minutes, I think. Before you go to bed, because your body processes light. And again, this is another one of those living now versus living all the way up through entire history of mankind is as it got dark, light was hard to come by, places were dark. And so you would naturally start feeling tired. Now, 
we have these boom lights right at us all day long, blinding lights on our monitors and our tablets and our televisions and our beautiful lights in our house. And so we never get tired because our body never recognizes, oh, this is sleepy time. The lights are coming down. It's so funny. I do this for my pet bird. I have the lights naturally sunset and then naturally sunrise for him. I don't do it for myself. So that's another thing we could work on. And then his last part is, is that he says we should move to feel alive. This is really important to know that a lot of times when people exercise, they think that exercise is going to help them lose weight and it can help. And I'll tell you how it helps, but not in the way they think about, oh, I'm going to burn all these calories. And then they think they can eat a candy bar because their treadmill told them they burned 300 calories. First of all, those things are always wrong. And you don't want to just eat whatever it is. But instead, you want to start exercising so you can feel alive. You start feeling energized. When I exercise, I have a whole different kind of day. So if you exercise, you will just feel better. And then you'll even like burn throughout the rest of the day. You walking around, you fidgeting, all those things burn calories. A majority, if you look at the calories you burn, I think I burn about 2,100 calories a day or 1,800 calories a day. But about 300 calories of that is me exercising with a trainer. Majority of my day is just living and moving and getting up and going down and going up the stairs and picking this up. I mean, that is a majority of your thing. So if you could just be a generally active person, even if that means like dancing or, you know, anything that you do, try it. He says what happens is if you do these massive workouts, you could end up eating more tired. You can end up being injured. You could end up being less fidgety because you burned yourself out working out. And instead, work out moderately. He even makes the case for working out with weights. What happens is that when you do weightlifting, and this is why I do so much of it, your muscles are like little calorie burners. And if you don't have many muscles and you're kind of weak, you don't have very many muscles at all, you don't have many of these fat-burning factories. And so you burn less calories just sitting around on the couch, sitting at your desk at work. When you start weightlifting, you build muscle, and muscle will burn sugar, it'll burn calories, and so you'll just exist as a human being burning more calories. The other thing is it helps make your insulin systems better, which is going to help keep your fat signals, that leptin signal, more accurate. And it will also help your hunger signals. So just weightlifting and doing moderate amounts of exercise will help a lot. And then he says that you should just have a thing where you lift every day and it's going to be a little bit. You don't need a big dumbbell complex. You don't need a gym in order to do this. Some of this can be done, I know, with bands. I travel. I bring bands with me. You can work out with simple dumbbells. There's all sorts of things you can do on the cheap in order to get this exercise done. And if you do have a little bit of money, having a trainer is just invaluable. You should contact me. My trainer does remote sessions. She's fantastic. But body weight exercises don't need any equipment. She can get us through a grueling exercise <laughs> regime without one single piece of equipment. Trust me. So you can get there whether you have money or whether you don't have money. And then he says it's just fun stuff too, like dancing and jumping around and playing with your dog. You know, get out there and just start being active more. He talks a little bit of the book and I won't talk too much about it, 
about time-restricted eating. And I do try to do this, but the idea is that we weren't meant, you know, we never had this situation where we had food available all the time. And so now we're just this never-ending stream of eating and our bodies are not just used to this. So you're sort of getting the trend of this book that our society today is not how any society has existed throughout the history of mankind. And it's the part that's killing us. It's the part that's making us overweight. So time-restricted eating is basically where you just decide maybe like a 12-hour window you're going to eat, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. or something like that. Or you can increase it or decrease it if you need to, but just don't eat all the time. I try to eat basically between seven o'clock in the morning because my doctor told me I should eat right away to keep that sugar thing from happening. And then I try to stop somewhere around uh, four or five. And then I don't eat anything out through the rest of the day. And so it's sort of like this mini fast. You have some form, you're on your way to type two diabetes, or you have some blood sugar medications or problems. Do talk to your doctor about doing this. The other thing, too, is that he says that all night long, you can drink water, you can have herbal teas, non-sugared teas or coffees. So there are things you can have in that time period, just not things with sugar in them or things with a lot of calories. He talks a little bit about not eating with devices, that we should focus. We should make cooking an event in our lives so that we start getting some joy out of cooking. Because once you start learning how to cook and you learn how to make these meals, with these single ingredient foods, you start getting good at it and you'll start enjoying it more. And not in the dopamine way, but in the, hey, I had a really good meal. That was nice. And then he says that the Japanese have a saying, and I'm not going to try to say it in their language, but eat until you're 80% full. And boy, I thought that's such a good idea. Have you ever gone and eaten a meal and then you think, oh, I'm full now. And then like an hour later, you feel like you're going to die because you ate too much takes a while for the signals to get to your brain. And so by the time you feel full, you're probably well past full. So that's where the Japanese are saying, no, eat to 80% because that's actually full. You just haven't gotten the message yet. And then his last piece of advice, he says, is to build an igloo in the blizzard of fat, which means your house should not have all the things that the world has in it. And this is another place where I've had some success. I call her grocery shopping Jill. Grocery shopping Jill reads labels. She will not buy food that doesn't have three grams of fiber in it. She's very strict. She will not buy food that sounds like a chemical factory. So she's very strict. And so I'm very good at not bringing things into my house, except for like the last few months. Like I said, I was terrible about it, but I'm usually very good. So you want to make sure that you're creating a house that is outside this storm all the storm of the junk food, all the food that's out there, all the Doritos and the cookies and everything, not in your house. And so what I did is something a little bit different because I think when we tell ourselves no, then we're like focused on wanting that thing more than anything. But instead, I tell myself, I can have whatever I want to eat. If I want to eat a bag of Doritos, that's fine. I just can't buy it when I'm grocery shopping. That means I have to go home, and if I still want the bag of Doritos, like 7, 8 o'clock at night, I can get in my car and go get some. No problem. No rules. But you know what? I'm far too lazy to go to a grocery store at 8 o'clock at night to buy a bag of Doritos. So I never do. It never happens. 
thinking of it that way prevents you from having that no rule in your brain. All right. So my challenge to you is can you come up with two recipes that are made with single ingredient foods, taste pretty good, and is fairly easy to cook? I'll give you a hint that if you look at the Cooking Light cookbooks, they're chock full of those types of things. There's five ingredient meals. They tend to be great. There's 10 minute meals, also really good, but they're also pretty healthy for you. So if you don't know how to do it, but find at least two recipes somewhere and try them out next week. And that would be a step in the right direction. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please tell a friend about the podcast. If you don't mind, I would love to get us to have a community and grow all of us who are trying to improve ourselves in small steps. Again, my small steps empire increased. We have small steps in the Bible. I had small steps with God. And I'm thinking some other small steps. Someone asked me a question about what do you do when you're not recording podcasts? And the answer is I'm thinking of new podcasts to create. And remember, our step to living a healthier life starts with small steps. 